We're going to start in the book of Jude this morning, and the, I guess this would be the title of this would be the introduction and some comments on the book of Jude as we start in the, in this book. Jude is the brother of James and one of the apostles of our Lord. In Acts chapter 1, it lists the apostles, and he is indeed one of those. There's 11 listed there because one of them was a devil, as it says, Judas himself. And, and uh, it's speculated, it's speculation why, but that he um, specified himself as the, the brother of James to make sure that people understood it wasn't that other one. And I don't think there would be a mistake made like that. But, and he apparently lived longer um, in time than the other apostles except for John. And I don't know how some of these things are come to. And it's thought that this book would, might have been written as late as uh, AD 44 and um, not any sooner than that, they, they think. Um, I don't know the sources of some of these comments about the book. I'm sure more learned than I am as far as the historical aspects. But um, it was given to Jude of the Spirit this letter to believers in Christ. And before we read any of this, uh, we're going to look at a couple of, of, of thoughts about it. Not a particular person. It's a general epistle, it says. And most of the Bible copies you have, it'll say general epistle of Jude there. It wasn't uh, given to a particular person or a church per se. Uh, but as all of Scripture is given to all of God's people, uh, all of the scripture that we have was given for that purpose. It was given to the, to those uh, of God's, not just uh, to the world in general. It's a general call there, but it's it's given for the for the church and to the church, uh, as all of scriptures done from that we have. All of they were given to all God's people for this benefit. In Second Timothy, turn to Second Timothy, uh, and a very um, common and well-known passage here in Second Timothy chapter three, starting with verse uh, fourteen, it says, "But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation." through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And it says all Scripture that we have that is given by inspiration of God, and it's not of any private thoughts or interpretation, but as on our is on our bulletin that says that the the most uh, trustworthy source and uh, witness of God's word is God's word, and and uh, that that God has given it not men's interpretation or thoughts on it. Only as as He sheds that light on the word, is it uh, does it do those things for God's people? That letter from Jude or through Jude as well as Peter and others 
God gave us to deals with our standing and position in Christ. That's one of the things that this book deals with. That's what scripture deals with. Heresies that come up in the church, he deals with that in, in some length, and we'll look at that as time goes by. Um, assurance of God keeping his own is in this book of Jude, and praise to our God and Savior. These themes, of course, are the themes we see throughout the Bible, whether Old Testament or New Testament. God has not changed. The nature of man has not changed, and the salvation of his people has not changed, and God has not changed. And we could say that several times, that God has not changed. Um, there's not a... It, it, there's no variableness, as it says, or shadow of turning with him. Um, uh, that um, And it's wholly addressed to the beloved brethren, the church of God. And those things did not change. And so the the things we'll deal with, with the, uh, uh, the standing of God's people, um, what they are made of, who saves them and how they are saved, those things are dealt with and those things never change. The, um, how the, the saints were saved of old time. Um, and there's a passage that says, and so shall all of God's people be saved. The same manner, not, the, not, not all of national Israel saved. It's not saying that. But all of God's people, all of the, the church are saved in like manner. Same, same manner that Abel was saved in. By God's spirit revealing to him that sacrifice that was needed for his standing before God. And uh, those things do not change and, and have not changed. Um, a good deal of this letter concerns heresy in the church and the terrible condition of the unbeliever. And more than these are addressed for instruction for the believers, and, as, and we'll see that as time goes by, but the heresy in the church and the terrible condition of the unbeliever, that's, that's the natural course of things. That's not, we see that in, in the book of Numbers. We see that in, in, uh, in various places of the script, all the scripture. That's the condition that man is in. In, in, in a religion, it's going to be heresy if it's not God's, uh, by his spirit, revealing those things to us. It's going, to be, it's going to be heresy, and as we stated before, the natural or the nature of man's not changed. The only way that any of that changes is by God's, God's power, by God's miracle and working in, in his people. Jude points out the sure and safe place we have in Christ as the blessed ones. That's part of what we're going to look at in the book of Judah. It's a, it's a very comforting book. And I, I told Norm this morning that I, I had an, a good idea where I was going to spend some time looking. And I was waylaid by the book of Jude. And uh, we'll, see, we'll see that together. And, and as time goes by, this letter stands among all of Scripture as encouraged meant an assurance of God's care for his own. That's one of the purposes, one of the, the, the um, sure meanings and, and teachings that comes out in the word is the 
uh, encouragement and assurance of God's care for his own uh, and his grace and mercy shown uh, to them. Uh, We need to approach the study of the book of Jude. And here I quote Brother Hawker, uh, quote, enter upon it with prayer that we may uh, end it in praise. So that... uh, uh, whenever we approach a, a passage or a, a portion of scripture, look at that should be our our um, our thoughts to that. That we we enter it to uh, with prayer that we be uh, shown those things and that we um, end it with the praise of our God. Okay, verse number one, the book of Jude. It says. <clears throat> I'm going to read down from verse 3. It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Those three verses may take us a while to cover some of what's there. Then in, uh, uh, in this first verse, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, and to them that are sanctified God, by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, Today we're going to look at just one point of that and partly at one point of that is them that are sanctified by God the Father. And the verse starts a letter to those who are completely redeemed by God the Father, as it says, them that are sanctified by God the Father. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit, that all the whole of God, the Trinity, all parts of the Godhead have to do with our salvation, as it's mentioned here. God, the great three in one, is the only cause of our complete salvation. There's none other action taken but by God. Note the only part we have in our salvation is that, number one, we are sanctified by the Father. Number two, we are preserved in Jesus Christ. And three, we are called, and we'll see, by the Holy Spirit. All three parts, and those are all three that are taking action on and for us. None that, uh, there's no uh, part four of what we now do to this. These are all actions that are taken by God in and for his people. Um, Only to the church and not to the world in general do those men moved by the Holy Spirit write and minister, as we said. And then I would like to look at, um, turn to 1 Peter. Turn to 1 Peter for just a, a second. First Peter, first chapter, 
Start in verse 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And here speaking the, the same thoughts brought out, though worded differently, that Jude mentions, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit accomplish our salvation, as in Jude. It's worded differently, and, and uh, uh, another commentary and comment by Brother Hawker and also by one by Brother Mahan, and what he has to say is, it's a, it's a blessing to see the Godhead revert, referred to as doing those same things in other verse and other passage that was mentioned in First Peter as it was in Jude. And it show and ascribes to different parts of the Godhead the same things that were ascribed to others over here. And it's not a contradiction, but it shows that all three have to do with those things that deal with salvation. And and it's uh, as I said, it's worded differently, but it's saying the same thing. These the Godhead has is the sole responsibility for our salvation and how we are were chosen in time past, how we are kept, and how we were called in this by the Spirit. And those things do not change that that God does those things. And in Ephesians, uh, uh, one one more one more spot just kind of along the similar line here in Galatians uh, chapter one, and two spots particularly, starting with with verse um, with verse 3, Ephesians chapter 1, to the, all the brethren, it says, which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be unto you, and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some of you that, that some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel than unto you than that has been preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I again. Now, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. And then down uh, to verse 17, and not to um, leave that out for, but, uh, for this thought. Verse 17, it says, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were 
apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned into Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other the apostles, I saw none save James, the, uh, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. And, and as he said here, if, if any other gospel is preached, any other method, any other way comes out, it's, it's accursed. It's not, it's not true. Don't believe it. If there's any other uh, steps, and those steps that are added both then and now are that there's some portion that we can do or must do to reach that expected end that God has for us and not solely by God. And if that's the case, any of that comes out, there's an error there that needs to be addressed. And it, and it cannot be so. It can't, it can't be so. It's all of God or it is none of God. Seeing as we are by nature dead in trespasses and sin, our salvation could only come about by 100% God's doing. So the, be, being we are dead, not if we are dead in trespasses and sin by nature, but being as we are, it's, it's like Brother Lazarus. <laughs> there was no hope that they had for anything happening to him physically. And they told the Lord that. And the Lord, well, he tarried so that they were sure that he was dead before he called him forth. And he, they were sure that he was dead. When he came from the grave, when he, they understood he wasn't just sleeping or just not well. He was well and truly dead. And by nature, we are well and truly dead. And... Uh, if there's any other gospel that comes other than that, there's a, there's a problem there because there is no ability in man. There's no ability, and we know that. Um, and point number one here, that them that are sanctified by God the Father, that's one of the definitions or one of the points that Jude says about those that he's writing to. The church sanctified by God the Father, the church chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 1 verse 4 that we read. And then a couple of other places. Um, in 1 Peter again. In the first Peter. First Peter chapter two. Starting with actually starting above above here a bit. Let's start the first verse of that, of chapter 2 of 1 Peter. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, 
Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Therefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and the stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And here, uh, uh, chosen, sanctified by God, set aside to his purpose, not just not just set aside, but set aside to his purpose. And uh, uh, when it says here, that we are sanctified by God, set aside. Our, our Lord himself um, was, as a, here in other passages, he himself was chosen and elect, the elect one. And in him we have that standing. We, are, we weren't just set aside and for, we'll find out what happens later, but we were set aside and sanctified in him. There in First Corinthians says he's made unto us sanctification. We're not we're not sanctified of ourselves. We have been put in that position. However many God has set aside and has sanctified, those are sanctified and set aside in Christ. And um, that's going to go to another part of this verse. We'll see later at a, at a different time that we are kept and preserved in Christ. Not just not just by him doing something, but in eternity past that we were set aside and sanctified in him. Um, in First Thessalonians, uh, turn over to First Thessalonians again, and then we're going to go to uh, to actually to Jeremiah. But First Thessalonians, chapter one. First Thessalonians chapter 1, starting with verse 1. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering that without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. But here, knowing your election, beloved, your election of God, 
and that is not is not uh, that's as all of God everlasting eternal that was from before the foundation of the world this was not done in time and is and is uh, some sext or cults or whatever you want to call them turn that about to be you were chosen when you decided that it was a good thing to do and it's and it's there's another place and it says while we were in our sin Christ died for us it it, it wasn't us doing something that triggered a, a, a movement by God, but we were as Lazarus. We were in that position, and long before we ever came about physically, we were chosen in Christ, and that's the position we have. Our election of God is not down the road somewhere. It was before all things. It was part of the eternal covenant, and as you'll notice here in this first few verses of Thessalonians, he also attributes our salvation to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And and uh, those those the the God the complete Godhead, the three parts and three persons of the Godhead, all had a hundred percent to do with our salvation. And if the, any part of it's left out or diminished or minimized, there's, a, there's, a, there's an issue there. We can't comprehend or understand all these things and put all these pieces together and say, yeah, we've got them all tied up in a neat package, but they are so. And, and he causes his people to believe and stand in that, that if, there was, if they did not do the work, then the work has not been done. And that we we have to stand that because we know that if the work was not done, and as when when uh, Jesus said it is finished, it was the physical sacrifice was finished, and that completed everything for our salvation, and um, it it had to be done that way or it wasn't done that way, in. Well, Second Thessalonians, we're right here. So turn just over a couple pages to the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter two, and a couple of verses. Okay, verse thir- thirteen in Second uh, Thessalonians, chapter two. It says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. There again speaking the same that hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation, not beginning last week or beginning when uh, the Lord came or when beginning when we started preaching the gospel, but for the beginning is referred to here. It's the, the absolute beginning in eternity past, uh, however we want to phrase that uh, to get that point across. It was not done... In time, it was done before, and all things that have come down since then 
are working towards that. That's that's what uh, uh, his his purposes have been called according to his purposes. And then in Jeremiah, turn to the book of Jeremiah. Okay. Okay, at Jeremiah and uh, verse or chapter thirty-one. Much more be- before chapter thirty-one here in the book of uh, Jeremiah, but um, just to just to bring out a couple of a couple of thoughts here along what we're saying in Jeremiah thirty-one. Speaking to, speaking to Israel, the end here, the true Israel of God. This this does not apply to a nation, but to God's people, the church. And it says, "The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee." And that is true of the of the sheep of the church. We know that that is not true of the nation because we we've been in the midst of in book of numbers and other places as a picture of the church Israel comes but not as the not as the reality of of the the um, whole and it goes on it says um, save thy people the remnant of Israel and we know that there was a remnant of Israel and in Israel always was and always will be a remnant of that, but not all of that. And then um, down to verse in verse 31 and following for just a little bit, it says, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband to them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my my people. And the everlasting covenant is all that does this to in His people. We know that this was not this was not true to the house of Israel as a whole, because how many times do we have record of we will do it, and they did not do it. And God's people, when He reveals himself to them and reveals ourself to us, then we say we cannot do it. If you have not done it, it will not get done. And uh, that's, that's our hope is, is that, not anything that we have or, or can do or will do this side of heaven. That um, uh, if, there's, if any of it relies upon our doing, of any, any part of it, we know that it, it is 
not going to happen. It, it cannot happen. Um, in Isaiah, there's almost too many verses to put down that speaks of this, but it, it turned to Isaiah uh, chapter 41. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel all speak to those things to do with salvation of his people from of old. Um, Isaiah, or yeah, Isaiah chapter 41. Uh, starting with verse 8 and, and reading down just a bit, it says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. But here, speaking of and to Jacob in this, in this but all of God's people in his cheek particularly, he, these things that God will do and does for his people. And, and from time past, not and surely with Jacob came down and didn't see Jacob was such an upright, straight guy that he would do these things for him. Just the opposite, that he was sinful man, just like just like any others. And um, uh, we, we see there, though, in Malachi where it says, I'm God, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. That means a lot to God's people because um, uh, those that the, that were sanctified in Christ, as we're going to see later, and are kept, God doesn't change his mind towards them. And it's not that I didn't love you and now I love you. It was an everlasting position. And it can't change as God cannot change. And... and uh, He's not like, not like man. He's not changeable, and he doesn't. We're so changeable, and we can't understand something that's that constant, uh, and we just can't comprehend that as constant as God is. In in verse, uh, chapter forty nine, and you have to just about read all the way through Isaiah without stopping. But um, in Isaiah. Chapter 49, um, starting with verse uh, 13 of Isaiah 49, it says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, and for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should uh, not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, um, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Uh, thy walls are continually uh, before me. Um, here, speaking of 
uh, of eternal things and not just those things on earth. Um, and he says, can a, can, can a mother forget her, her child? It says, yes, she can. And, and they do, but God cannot for, and will not forget thee. He says, I raven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. He is everlasting in his love of his people. Um, though they change and come and go, our thoughts and our uh, thinking on things, God does not. His thinking does not change. His position of his people that it speaks to the everlasting things that God does in choosing his people. Um, in Second Timothy, it speaks to the, the, uh, a holy priesthood, a holy calling that God's people have in him that's not a decision made or someone that confers things upon us but these things are done of God, um, and they're done for the elect's sake, it says in Second Timothy chapter 2. So then we see the everlasting love of God towards the church, the election of grace given to Christ and chosen in Christ. From the beginning, all his thoughts toward us in Christ, he changes not. All our praise be to God, and is in as in prayer, we know not how to praise him as we ought or to reverence him as we ought. The Holy Spirit intercedes in our praise as well. And uh, those that will stop this morning there at that at that at that point and um, we'll continue at a later time with the rest of the next thought in the book of Jude. Thank you for your attention.